Hey, welcome to Biohacking with Brittany, a podcast focused on holistic health, nutrition, biohacking, and more. I'm your host, Brittany Ford, registered holistic nutritionist and self-proclaimed biohacker. During the last 10 years, I've focused on healing my gut and hormonal issues through lifestyle changes, nutrition, and of course, biohacks. And now I teach others to do the same. I'm so excited you're joining me today. So let's dive right in. Great. So everyone listening, welcome to another episode of Biohacking with Brittany. I am so excited you are here with me, joining me again today. Um, today ha- we have a special guest with us. I mean, every every week is special, but this woman is super cool because she's actually in my neighborhood, which is very rare. A lot of the people I interview are all over the world. So it's really nice to have someone local to Vancouver, BC, Canada, Um and just really get a sense of community, especially during these times, which doesn't happen very often. So today I have Tanessa Shears with me, and she is a health consultant for entrepreneurs, which is very cool because I'm an entrepreneur and some of you are entrepreneurs. um, And I definitely don't see this very often, like someone specializing in this field. So yeah, Tanessa, welcome to the show. Hi, thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, I'm excited to have you. So to kick things off, I would love for you to just explain to us how you got to this point of specializing in this field, um, why entrepreneurs and why focus on leveling up their health. Yeah, you know, it started way back in 2008 when I was teaching swimming lessons at the local pool. I was freezing my butt off all the time and I was like, I need to get out of the water. And they had an interesting opening, whereas if you taught aquafit classes, you didn't have to teach so many swimming lessons. And I used to be the type of girl that was like, oh my gosh, don't make me sweat. I don't do exercise. But I got into Aquafit and that kind of opened my mind to exercise as that kind of like gateway experience into health. And I ended up loving it so much that I changed my major in university so that I pursued a biomedical physiology degree instead. And from there, you know, I opened my own personal training business about six and a half years ago now. And just from there, incorporating things that I learned over time, and it started with fitness, but you know, the more you get into the field of health, the more you find there is to learn that you don't know yet. So what started off as just fitness with my clients ended up being like, oh my gosh, look what happens when we bring in nutrition. Look what happens when we bring in sleep. And so it's been evolving over time. And it was about two years ago that I, you know, I looked at my clientele, I'm like, oh my gosh, they all own their own businesses. And it was that like high achieving um, desire for, you know, persistent improvement. And what I ended up doing was just taking this whole concept of biohacking and health and understanding that it's kind of the essence of being an entrepreneur. It's about being disciplined and persistent and trying stuff and taking risks with different things and being resourceful and always improving. And it just ended up being such a wonderful niche that I was able to help entrepreneurs scale their business because we're able to give them back so much more time because they're sleeping better and they're eating better and they're more focused and more productive. So it's been a long journey, a good 12, 13 years, but uh, it's been so much fun and I love what I ended up doing. That's amazing. I I love that journey. And so many of us have such a similar journey of trying to heal or get healthier ourselves and then realizing that there's so much out there like nutrition and sleep and stress and all of these things that we might not have 
even considered when we first began. Um, it's very, it's very normal to go through that. So that's really cool. Um, and I definitely want to dive into sleep, uh, in a little bit, but first I was reading online and I saw something that you said, or was in your bio, um, that you aim to help clients get more done in eight hours than most get done in one week. So how can I do this? Um, please tell me everything. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So the main, uh, the main center of what I do is I help entrepreneurs deal with their brain fog. So brain fog is, is a word we might've heard of, but we don't exactly know if it applies to us. So I just basically tell my clients, Hey, it's when you have this collection of symptoms, it's like forgetfulness and that low energy or fatigue, or you're feeling confused. You can't focus. You're easily distracted or your thinking feels like clunky or cloudy and you show up to your desk and you're just kind of unfocused or you try to, you know, write sales copy or a newsletter and you just can't come up with anything creative and the whole process feels like you have resistance with your business and you get to the end of the day and it was a lot of busy work. So what I like to think of is how can through sleep and nutrition and managed stress and workplace optimization, how can we take all of that and optimize your brain so that when you show up to your desk, you can go to work. We get more out of those hours than most do in a week because, you know, we're not distracted by things like Instagram and emails. Like we have a result-oriented focus, meaning these are the results, the tangible results I want to produce with my next two hours. Go. Instead of just kind of showing up to your your business and and kind of like, well, I guess I should do my bookkeeping. Oh, I should probably check my Instagram, make sure I didn't get any messages and getting distracted by the stuff that just does not drive the needle forward. Mm, you're preaching to the choir. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I, I'm at the point now with social media. I literally give my phone to my partner while I work during the day because otherwise I will go on Instagram. I'll go on TikTok. I'll go on these things. Um, and then half an hour passes and then an hour passes and time just goes. And then you've gotten nothing done in the morning. Um, and it's so distracting. I, social media is a real distraction for me. It's, it's tough. So yeah, I totally, totally resonate with this. Yeah. And I don't typically get brain fog, um, but I will definitely get energy crashes if I'm not properly taking care of myself um, and just like really struggle to get things done in general, just like you said. So what do you think causes um, the brain fog symptoms in the first place or what are the main things that you see with your clients? Yeah, so there's a there's six basic areas that I find contribute to the productivity of an entrepreneur. And there are three that are at the base of them that are causing the brain fog. And we're looking at what is creating inflammation in our body. And nine out of 10 times, if I look at the sleep quality, not just are you in bed for eight hours with your eyes closed, but what is the actual quality of your sleep like? That's a huge one. And then pairing that with nutrition, like are you eating foods that cause your glucose levels to go up and down and up and down and up and down all day long. Like those are the two, the two things of the six that we always start with because they make the biggest difference. And the whole idea of healthy eating is so subjective. So what we're really looking at doing is, well, if we remove these foods that we perceive to be inflammatory for you, what happens to your productivity? And then making sure that we are quantifying that and measuring that so that we know that the steps that we're taking are actually having an effect on your day-to-day -day productivity. Right. 
Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Like as a nutritionist, I totally understand that. Yeah. Um, and it's cool to actually see health in general become more personalized um, and less like, hey, everyone be paleo. And now it's more like, hey, get your DNA tested, get your gut tested, like figure out what works for you. Um, and that's how I've gotten the most success. And it's awesome that it sounds like you kind of have that similar approach with your clients. Oh, absolutely. Every client is different. Just what we do for one client might not work. I mean, there are general overarching principles that are effective as a starting point, but if one person starts eating red peppers and is getting bloated later, well, there's a really good sign that, you know, this is something unique to this client, but we don't just rule that out for everyone just because, you know, it was, didn't work for one person. So making sure that each approach is individual. Right. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I'm I'm gonna explain my sleep habits to you and and routine and evening routine and everything. Um, and I'm so curious to see what you think because all of last year, 2019, I spent so much time really nailing down my sleep because I was such a bad sleeper, honestly, before that. Um, and I've been really working on it. So I I want to hear your your two cents. All right, let's go. <laughs> okay, so. Um, I typically go to bed at like go to sleep around 10, 10, 15. Um, before that I'll go to bed around 9:30 and read and reading really helps put me to sleep. Um, my lights in my apartment go red. So it literally looks like, I don't know, like a brothel or something in here. I don't know. Um, it looks hilarious. And I wear blue blockers probably right after dinner. So around 7.30 or so. I do watch Netflix at night, um, but I'll have my blue blockers on and then all the lights off in the house. Um, and then I use an aura ring to track my sleep. And I don't wake up with an alarm clock probably 95% of the time because I work from home. I don't really need one. Um, and what else? I have blackout curtains. I, if I go to the bathroom in the middle of the night, I get up and like keep my eye mask on and lights off and literally walk blind to the bathroom to use it because I'm so sensitive to light that I cannot like look at anything because it'll disrupt my sleep so much. Um, and I think that's it. And I keep it pretty cold too. We have a fan. We have a Dyson fan, which is nice because it's an air purifier too. And I really like the white noise, which helps me sleep too. Um, and yeah, I think that's, I'm probably forgetting something, but that's kind of like the gist of it. Yeah. It sounds like you already have like so many great things in play. There's a couple questions that I had uh, pop up. So when you're looking in your bedroom, you said you have the blackout curtains, but do you have anything like LED lights or, you know, phone charging? Like, you know how like the indicator lights light up? Are mm -hmm. any of those visible while you're sleeping? Yeah. The only little one we have is on the Dyson fan. Mm. Um, so I need, I should probably get some of that like hockey tape or those little stickers that you can get to cover that. Um, and we, I don't sleep with my phone in the room and we turn the Wi-Fi off at night as well. Yeah, definitely. I, I just use black electrician's tape and just pop it on all the little LED. It does a great nice. job. Smart. Um, but yeah. And then otherwise you said you have the Dyson fan. Do you know what temperature it is in your room when you're sleeping? Mm. Um, I'm not sure. Like we keep, we keep the rest of the apartment pretty warm now because it's colder. We're in the colder months, but we never turn the heater on in the bedroom. Um, it's cold enough for me to like sleep with socks on. So 
Yeah, I don't I think, know if that's good. <laughs> well, you know, a lot of it is so individual, but a lot of mm-hmm. research has shown that 18 degrees Celsius, 65 Fahrenheit is like that perfect sleep temperature. But it sounds like you right. might have just naturally found your your flow with your sleep yeah. temperature. Yeah. Yeah. Because honestly, before I took the time to figure out what worked for me, I would wake up multiple times throughout the night and get up and go to the bathroom multiple times and not necessarily like need to go to the bathroom like physically, but it was, it became such a like mental habit for me. Um, it was bad. It was so bad. Like I would wait, yeah, three to four times a night and I really had to figure it out because it, it just wasn't working. And then in the beginning of 2019, I won an aura ring in a contest on Instagram And once I started seeing the data, oh my gosh, I was like, okay, no, like this is not working. I need to figure this out. So I, yeah, I really took the time to figure it out. Yeah. Doesn't it make a difference when you can actually like wake up and see what was going on with your sleep? It was like walking blind before. How, how do you know what, what actually makes a difference, how to improve your sleep? If you can't see the data, like our brains don't have a printout when we wake up in the morning going, oh, we got enough deep sleep and enough REM sleep. And that was great duration. Like we just assume that our sleep is okay, but we have no way of telling. So like the, the trackers are so important. Yeah, totally. And it also, it changed some of my nutrition habits too, like eating too close to, to bedtime. Um, also watching my stress too, because obviously, as you know, like the aura shows a lot of your heart stats too. So like HRV and, uh, your heart rate and stuff. And so getting into that was so interesting. Um, and just like helpful to really like turn my health around. So it's definitely what I recommend. And do you recommend that to clients? Like how does that work with your clients? Um, so I've tried a couple different trackers. Um, the one that I just like for basic clients to get them started is just honestly a basic Fitbit because that's, I mean, there, everything has different levels of accuracy, but nothing's going to be quite as accurate as an actual sleep study, obviously. But I, I just like, let's get started. Let's get you a Fitbit. So I give all of my clients when they start now a Fitbit, just something basic. I'm like, here, put this on, export your data to me. Let me analyze all all of it. And then we'll go through and start creating solutions because sleep is individual, like nutrition too. Like if I were to tell you, you know, get blackout curtains, you're like, I already have blackout curtains. So it has to be individual to the person Mm. as well. So when I get all the data, I, you know, have coded all the cells so that they go green when we hit, you know, if you got enough REM sleep. So we're starting to see trends in where we can improve sleep numbers based on what information we get from the tracker. All right. I wanted to interrupt this podcast today to talk to you about a new company I've been working with called Fume. They create natural inhalers made from Canadian maple wood that go with essential oils. So you can either use it with single essential oils like peppermint, eucalyptus, lavender, or black pepper, or you can use some of their blends like reassurance shield or conquer. Reassurance happens to be my favorite one because I love the stress relief I get from it with the flavors of lavender, cinnamon, and citrus in it. So basically how it works is you would inhale through it and exhale through your nose and get all the benefits of the essential oil. But I also like it because 
it helps me breathe deeper, which I struggle with, especially during the day while I'm working. There's no smoke and there's no vape. Um, and if you're interested in trying their products, use my discount code Brittany10 on the link in my show notes and on my blog post, and you can try them out. Or you can go to, straight to their website, fumeessential.com. That is F-U-M essential.com. Um, yeah, and try it out and start creating positive habits today. Cool. I love that. That's that's awesome. Um, it's a very like holistic approach too, which I definitely appreciate. Uh, so what are like the, what do you see most for your clients? Like for these entrepreneurs in terms of sleep, like, is it low REM sleep? Is it low deep sleep? Is it not enough sleep? Like really what are the trends that you're seeing? So the biggest difference hands down is just the wide variation in sleep start and sleep end time. So what we're looking at there is how well optimized our circadian rhythm is. And for, I guess, your listeners that don't know what that means, our body functions around a 24-hour clock, whether it's our hormones, our metabolism, our hunger, or, you know, which hormones are released at what time. We kind of they follow, they follow a 24 hour clock and so should our sleep schedule. But I find a lot of the times with entrepreneurial clients, there are last minute deadlines, there are launches happening. There are those nights where they push to 2 AM. And so what we see is that because of the consistent fluctuation of sleep start time and sleep end time, there's always not enough sleep. We're looking at five to six hours of sleep once you take into account the amount of wake time. And with those clients as well, there is disrupted deep and REM sleep. So your, you know, your restorative sleep and then your dream sleep because they're constantly fluctuating the times they start and end, which directly affects the amount of deep and REM sleep you get. Mm, yeah, that's, yeah, that's interesting. I've, I've read a lot about that of trying to go to sleep at the same time within the same hour so that you can get into a healthier pattern and healthier routine for sure. Yeah. Do you, what time do you go to sleep and wake up at? Are you consistent with your times that you go to sleep and wake up at? Yeah, very much so. Um, I, I just get tired at the same time, honestly, like 930 hits and like my body just shuts down. It's like, let's go. <laughs> Yeah, no, I um, hear you too. We we did a what yeah. I call a circadian reset at our house. We're like, nope, we're just gonna stick to it. And it's so fascinating. And like you said, my body's just like, it's bedtime. Like I'm ready yeah. for lights out at nine. But at the same time, we're awake, like wide awake, feet on the floor at 5 a.m. without an alarm clock, just because that's how our rhythms developed. And it, it makes it so much easier because then you're not like a slave to your alarm clock and you're not waking up uh feeling tired because you're disrupting the middle of a sleep cycle, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I typically wake up around six usually without an, an alarm. Um, and it's surprising that actually this year, even moving into fall now and winter, I'm still getting up so early because last year it kind of extended a lot because obviously the daylight hours are a lot less. Um, but now I'm still getting up as early as I was in the summer. So I guess that's a good thing. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, th I always find it, it can change with the seasons. Like in mm -hmm. the summer, I was definitely getting up a bit earlier. And I think that that's kind of what set my 5am wake up. But now yeah. I'm just finding it's such a nice time to be productive. Like what time you start and end your sleep at a lot has to do with your chronobiology. So we're genetically programmed to either be more of a night owl or more of an early bird. And that's very genetic. And so we can we can change it a little bit, but ultimately is if your brain is wanting you awake till midnight, it's going to be very hard to become a 5am wake up person. And a lot of it is understanding 
what works best for you and when you are naturally at your, um, I guess, most awake so that you can optimize the time for work and for exercise and all of that kind of stuff. Yeah, exactly. So for the morning routine or habits, healthy habits, are there certain things that you recommend to clients? Like for myself, I, so I'm a morning person, but when I wake up, like there's no way I can just turn on my computer and start working, you know, at 6am. Like I need like an hour of like my time. And typically I like exercise or meditate or, you know, cook or do other things before I can really like turn on the hard stuff. (laughs) Um, and it also makes me like less stressed too. So is that kind of what you would recommend to other people as well? Yeah. And you know what? So much of that as well as individual, because I right now, I have a nine month old baby. If you'd have asked me this question a year ago, I would have been like, definitely, you know, stay away from your phone, engage in something uh, that's a little bit educational and something that's relaxing, something gets your mind open, maybe, maybe, you know, go to the gym. But now that I have a nine month old baby that wakes up at 8 a.m. on the dot, that is my time to work. So it's kind of evolved just with a lifestyle factor. And you know, a lot of the clients I work with have kids as well. And if that is the time that you are given to work on your business, it's that's where we kind of have to develop our habits of, well, if I don't get up and go to work right now, then I'm not going to get any work done for the day. So for me, my computer is on and I'm working at 515 only because that's the option that I'm given based on, you know, what's going on in my life right now. Yeah. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. And I wanted to ask about that. So for new moms, like I have a few friends who've had babies this year um, and they, every time I see them, they look so tired and I like, I don't have a kid, but I I want kids one day, hopefully. Um, But I don't want to sacrifice my sleep, which sounds bad, but I know I'm going to have to, but I am so, so picky about my sleep now. So like, what are your recommendations for new moms and dads out there? Yeah. The first thing I always tell my clients and everyone around me is I never let other people decide what my experience is going to be like. So when you'll find like people love to tell you all of the things that are struggles. Like I would have so many people say to me like, oh, you think pregnancy is hard. Just wait till the baby gets here. You're never going to sleep again. And we have so many of these beliefs that are shared with us, you know, trying to be um, helpful or like funny, I guess. But we take a lot of these on as fact and don't ever accept the idea that we get to choose for ourselves what the experience is like, regardless of what the circumstances are. So we decided when I was pregnant, like this is so fun. That was our motto for a whole pregnancy. It was our motto while the baby was up at 2 a.m., 4 a.m., 5 a.m., and 6 a.m. is this is so fun. We chose this. So I think that was the first thing um, as far as a mindset and just deciding that I'm not going to have other people dictate my experience and tell me how my experience is going to be. So that was the first thing. But then when it actually comes down to the nuts and bolts of it, your sleep is going to be dictated by the baby right? So what we decided to do was, well, if I care about my sleep and my sleep is dependent on her sleep, we got to figure her sleep out first. So we actually found this woman on Instagram who has a sleep course for babies and it teaches you, you know, when they go through sleep cycle changes and when melatonin starts working for them and when they have their most optimal REM sleep and how to help babies sleep better. So we took 
that course. And by about 11 weeks, maybe eight to 11 weeks, our daughter was sleeping 10, 11 hour stretches through the night. And that's when then mama got to focus on her sleep. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I need to see that course and bookmark it for the future. (laughs) That sounds amazing. Good for you. Good for you for educating yourself. Um, And I like, I love what you said about that. Like the mindset, that's such a good point of, you know, you deciding like, this is fun. We chose to do this. Like Mm -hmm. we're not going to let other people's perceptions dictate how we live our life and and how we view things. Um, And yeah, especially for pregnancy and babies and having kids, like everyone is so opinionated about it. Um, I'm not even there yet. And I see it all the time and it happening to my friends. And I think everyone just I don't know, wants to give you their two cents. Oh, they, they do. And it doesn't stop after the baby gets here. They're like, oh, you think you think this is hard. You just wait until they're crawling or you just wait. And it's so interesting because every mm-hmm. phase we've gone through, I'm like, are you kidding? This is the best. Like, she's crawling. Oh my gosh. What if it's when she's talking? This is going to be the best. Like the whole thing has been so much fun. Mm-hmm. And so much of that is just our decision. And we have a joke in my family. One of them is always like, this is fun. My whole family just knows that that's the vibe. But whenever someone has an opinion, I always just go, I'll decide. (laughs) I'll decide what I want to think about that or if Uh that's a belief I want to take on because I'm responsible for my own mental health and my experience in my life and I want to enjoy it. So I'm going to tune a lot of all the negativity out. Yeah. I love that. That's so good. Um, easier said than done, but if you continue to remind yourself like this is fun and you have it written places and you say it out loud a lot, then you kind of take that on, right? It's almost like an affirmation, um, which I definitely support. Mm -hmm. So in terms of like mindset with your clients, is this the type of thing that you also teach as well? Yeah. So this is my favorite part of working with clients that they don't even know they're going to get. So when we have clients come to us, they're always like, oh yeah, well, I just, I just need something easy to make sure I'm eating for lunch and I just need to have a better workout program and I, I just need to get my sleep better. That's what we all think we need. But a giant portion of what I do is the coaching side of it and having people develop commitment and consistency and discipline and really be able to fundamentally understand why they're creating the, the emotions and the experience there are. And one of the best things that I teach my clients is that all the circumstances in our life, everything that happens around us and to us, it's all neutral and we get to decide what we want to think about it. And our thoughts are a choice and our thoughts are what create our feelings. So one of the most powerful things I teach my clients is when you're sitting at your desk and you're feeling overwhelmed, stop ask yourself, what am I thinking right now? And there's usually a circle of like four or five thoughts. Like I'm never going to get this done. There's so much to do. What if they don't like what I do? I'm going to be judged for this. There's a cycle of thoughts. So I teach my clients kind of how to watch their own minds and how to detach from that. So even, even when they're like, I can't, I can't eat all this healthy food this week. You don't understand. I don't have time. I'm like, hold on, look at the story. Look at the narrative you're telling yourself about how difficult this is. What else could also be true? How could this be easier? What's something we could choose to think instead that makes this doable? Like the the way we think about our experience with our health and our businesses and our life completely shapes the reality of what it is. And a part of it is we build these businesses because we want to enjoy the life we create by it. Now it's time to enjoy it. And this is kind of how I teach them to do that. Oh, that's so cool. I'm literally after this going to write, this is so fun on a sticky note and put it on my computer. (laughs) (laughs) That one and the other one I really like is let it be easy. 
let it be easy. Oh, okay. I'm going to write that down. <laughs> um, no, honestly, because I like, I need reminders like that because something I've realized in the past month or so is that I worry so much about my health. Um, and you know, you're in the health space too. You, you know, with the amount of health content that I consume in a week of podcasts and social media and talking to different businesses and brands and all of these things and learning so much more, I feel like I worry about my own personal health so much more because I've, I'm so aware of my body now. Um, and it's bad. And so I, I'm, I've been really thinking about next year, like 2021. And my goal is to actually worry about my health less Mm -hmm. and do less because I have gotten so like too much. And I see that with my clients. I see it with people I have on the podcast and it's kind of like overload, like trying to be too healthy all the time is just like it backfires because it stresses you out. Well, totally. And the interesting thing would be like, like what I was saying earlier, if you notice your thoughts that are making you worried, an interesting question to ask yourself would almost be like, well, how could this be exciting instead of worrying? Mm-hmm. And just asking that question and a lot of it, because I, I totally understand what you're saying. It's like this constant hamster wheel of needing to keep up with the next biohack or the next nutrition yeah. thing or the next, you know, all healthy food, which is promoting, you know, healthy gut and all that kind of stuff. And it just feels like you're on this hamster wheel. But I always said to my, I said to myself earlier this year, okay, it is my job to stay inspired. It does not mean I have to do it all. So what would mm-hmm. keep me inspired, but not feel exhausted? And for me, that was purchasing a new book and just really absorbing it and feeling engrossed by it. And it was a book on, you know, longevity and health and stuff like that. But I asked my questions like that, like, how can I feel inspired instead of worried? Because I totally hear what you say. Clients, myself, we all get caught up in the the hamster wheel, but it's it's flipping that question around can really help you see how you could choose your thoughts differently around there and then practicing thinking that and creating the emotion of inspired instead of worry. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly it. It's mastering your mindset and it's so much easier said than done because you know, you've had these thoughts every day for how many years that keep coming back, you know, you really actually have to do the work on them. Um, And it's tough. It's so tough. So in terms of like your clients and entrepreneurs, this type of mindset, how does it translate into their professional life in their businesses? Yeah. Well, one of the most important things is if you're thinking about how you are managing how you show up in your business, like your customer relations, like are you feeling overwhelmed or stressed out? Or if you receive feedback from a client that isn't positive, like are you able to understand that their response is just neutral and it doesn't always mean it's personal, like how to step out of that, learning how to um, be able to show up in those moments you don't feel like it. So learning the difference between discipline and motivation. And motivation is something we all think we want, but it's not. It's discipline. Motivation is just a momentary kind of inspiration to get going, but discipline is when you don't feel like it. Motivation is when you do feel like it, but how often have we woken up and don't feel like going to the gym or we don't feel like eating healthier that day, even though that's what we planned. It's understanding that as entrepreneurs and as anyone really, it is our job to invite in discomfort because that is where growth lies. Like we have to be okay with not liking how we feel all the time. And that's fine because we learn to think greater than we feel. We need to think 
I'm going to do this because this is what I want for my long-term life and my goal and my health. And it is more important than the feeling I have in this moment. Right. And so how did you learn this? Like, how did you, or where or when, like, how did you come upon this and like be able to embrace this mindset every day? Yeah. So it was actually really interesting. In 2015, um, I was dealing with debilitating anxiety, like having trouble leaving the house, um, a lot of anxiety around not enough time and about um, feeling like I needed to be fully rested and was fearful of having an energy drain. Like, uh, like if I were to go out, I'd have to have quiet time before and to like recharge my energy. And I was dealing with that and it became uh, disruptive to my lifestyle. And especially, you know, I was working 33 clients a week as a personal trainer back then. And I was running low on energy. And I, um, it started because I ended up in a cognitive behavioral therapy program that, opened the door to this. And then I happened to stumble across another podcast called the Life Coach School podcast. And I started at episode one and I've listened through, there's over 300 episodes, at least three or four times. And the concepts in there about teaching me that my thoughts are creating how I feel, it like, it sunk into such a deep level that it fundamentally changed who I was and who I am. And it infiltrates all of my coaching and my relationships and how I make choices about my health. It was, it was one of those kind of serendipitous things that I stumbled upon that completely changed everything. That's awesome. I'm, I'm going to look up that podcast. (laughs) Start at the beginning Um, of episode one. (laughs) Yeah, I will. I, I, that's what I need in my life is like, teaching positivity as an entrepreneur, as someone who is in the health field and goes too deep and all of it. Um, yeah. And yeah. So I just want to thank you for coming on the show. This was awesome. I am so inspired by you and everything that you do. Um, so where can people find you and how can they connect with you? Yeah. Well, I'm most active on Instagram and that's just at Tanessa Shears, but I mean the hub of of me is on my website at tanessashears.com. And I've got like free masterclasses there and I'm launching a podcast soon all about uh, biohacking for entrepreneurs specifically. So it'll be a a fun journey for the year 2021. (laughs) Cool. I love that podcast idea. I will definitely listen. That sounds like a a great one. Um, And great. So yeah, I will put all of those links into this podcast uh, show notes for everybody to find you. And yeah, thank you again for coming on the podcast. Yeah. Thanks for having me. It was fun. Thank you so much for tuning in today. As always, feel free to screenshot this episode and tag me if you'd like me to respond. I really hope you enjoyed it and learned something new. If you have a question about your health, my DMs are always open and I'm currently taking new clients. Thanks and see you next time.